Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Have any of you guys ever played the if only game? I'm the only one that's ever played the if only, like if only I had a better job, then my life would be this way. If only, you know, I had a better husband, wife, whatever it is that you want better, you know, if only we play those games. Uh, I hear people all the time, they'll say things where, you know, Pastor Chris, if, if, if only I could find a godly man, then I could have a godly husband and, and I would do better at leading a godly life, right? Like we've, you, we've, I've never, I don't, can't say we've all said that, but some of us have said that and, and, and you know what? Husbands say the same things. You know, young men, I hear them all the time, you know, I'm going to be at church, I'm going to be in a small group, but if only I could meet the right one, then everything will come together. You know, or, or maybe it's a, if only I got a raise or a bonus, I could pay my bills on time. You know, we hear those things, but see the problem with going from one year to a new year is the problems that we create ourselves follow us because we go to, to the next year, right? The same problems we commit one year are still going to be a problem the next year if we don't make some changes and we don't do something. You know, uh, some people might say something along the lines of, you know, maybe if I just had more hair, I would have better luck. (laughs) And as you can see, you know, over the years, I've taken after our pastor and y'all do it to us. I mean, you really do, you know? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Mostly kidding. Mostly kidding. But what we, what most of us would agree is that one big giant answered prayer could change our life. Like whatever it is, one big giant, I'm talking about some, uh, a prayer so big that, that, you know, it's like setting a goal so big that unless God directly intervenes, we're going to fail. And we know it when we set it. That's what daring faith means. It means stepping out and saying, God, I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to be laser focused and I'm going to trust you for what I need in my life. So here's what I want to challenge you to do today. I want to challenge you to listen or view today's message through the lens of your greatest need. What is it that you need the most? You know, what is it that you, maybe you need healing, maybe you need a relationship put back together, maybe you need to figure out your finances, you know, whatever it is, hear today's message through the filter of your absolute greatest need. So many people are kind of new year, new year's resolution, I'm going to read my Bible. So we're going to go back to the Old Testament today, and I'm going to break out one of those stories that you just don't hear about a lot, but it's always been one of my favorites. So I'll give you a little bit of a history. So in the book of 2 Kings, by the way, the Bible is not boring. Amen? Amen. Like if the Bible is boring, you don't have an imagination because I don't know about you, but every, like especially parts of the Old Testament, it's like a scene out of 300. I mean, it's it's gladiator. Are you not entertained? I mean, the Bible is amazing. Like earth flooded, you name it, everything comes alive. And and in my mind, that's the way I read it. So here's where we go. We're going back in the book of 2 Kings. And what happens is there's these three kings that are going out to war. They're going out to war. So what's happened is God's nation, the nation of Israel, has kind of gone to war against itself. They've split into a northern and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. And they hook up with one of their, like literally the most ancient enemy that they had was the Edomites. 
So they're looking at an even bigger battle, and they're like, listen, we can't do this without you. We need you to come be on our team, and then we can all go beat them, and then after we beat them, we can go back to fighting amongst ourselves. Like, I don't know about you, but you heard that whole, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You've heard that? That's where we're at. That's where we're at. But I don't know about you, but things don't always go the way they're planned, right? You might be saying, you know what, 2020 didn't go the way I had planned. I mean, if it did, I just want to have a great conversation with you. But 2021 didn't go the way I planned. I'm, I'm starting a new year, uh, new me, new year. We're going to do this right. So that's where they were. But the problem is things didn't go the way that they had planned. They would think three armies, one army, no brainer, problem solved, right? That's not the way it works. So what happens is they go out and in the first seven days, like seven days, the first week that they're out in the wilderness, in the desert, going to go to battle against this giant army that none of them can beat on their own. And obviously two of them couldn't beat together. So now they've got three. Within just seven days, there's no water. The animals are starving to death. I mean, imagine how much of a lack of preparation you would have to have for every animal in three armies to be starving to death in one week, <laughs> let alone the soldiers and the troops. Like they're in the desert. Somebody might've thought, let's pack some water. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's where we're at, but that's not what happened. So here's where we're gonna pick it up. Second Kings three, nine through 12. The king of Edom and his troops joined them and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days, but there was no water for the men or their animals. What should we do? The king of Israel cries out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. But King Jehoshaphat, great name if you're naming a child this year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, is there no prophet of the Lord with us? One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. So clearly nobody talked to God before they started this big plan. Not one. Three kings together, nobody thought, let's talk to God. They also thought, let's not pack water. But it makes sense, if they don't pack water to go to war in the desert, they're not gonna take the time to ask God what he thinks. It just makes sense. Like, I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of wasted days, hours, and months, and years of my life trying to do things my way without going to him first. And all I know is I kept having the same result every time. Things just didn't work out. So a brief backstory. So Elisha was like the understudy to Elijah. And, and they did all these miracles together. They traveled together. God, God moved, he, he moved in so many ways throughout the lives of people. There was even one time where Elijah, there was a great drought and Elijah called forth a storm from heaven. He went to God on other people's behalf and the tiniest little hand-shaped cloud, like, okay, this big, okay? The Bible says it's a cloud the size of a hand, shows up and the biggest storm the world had ever seen came with it and the drought was taken care of. So it's just kind of interesting, on a rainy day, by the way, it's just kind of interesting that they're in a drought. They're having no water, they can't feed their animals. And the, and the prophet they called to mind was the same prophet who had healed this before, who had gone and been God's vessel on earth to fix this problem before. So they're like, well, if Elijah can do it, everybody says his understudy, Elisha, got a double portion of the anointing that was on him, surely he can fix this. 
Like there's, there's a thing with water. So Jehoshaphat said, yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah and the king of Edom went to consult with Elisha. So brief recap here, church, uh, three kings who were not serving God, thought they were gonna have an easy win. Things didn't go the way they wanted it to. Trouble comes and now they go to God. And I don't know if that sounds a little bit like something that you've experienced, but here's what I know. Treating God like a spare tire is not the way to go. You don't go to God just because you have a problem. Because a lot of times, if we're honest, we're the problem. Our, our inability or lack of want to change can be the problem. Now, you think about these three kings. Now, surely they had heard about Elisha's rookie year. I mean, he, he was like, like if there were profit cards, like baseball cards, his would have been like top of the shelf, all sold out. It would be on eBay. I mean, you name it. That's where it would have been. Literally, he split the Jordan River, kind of symbolically recreating what God did in the book of Exodus when he split the Red Sea. He split the Jordan River. He healed a polluted spring. Like there's water coming up from the ground, like you drink it, you die. Don't drink it. Everybody's drinking it, they're dying. There's all these things with water. There's all these things with water and he healed it. And so the people live. Uh, he did this other one that my son didn't believe me about, so I made him go read it. But when my son figured out how to make fun of people, it, he it, like, I don't know about y'all, but do your kids know how to make fun of the one thing that bothers you the most? So my son starts joking about people's hairline. <laughs> Apparently he thought it was gonna bother me. Maybe I was a little sensitive, I don't know. But look, I've had the same hairline since middle school. It ain't going nowhere, it probably ain't going anymore. I'm just gonna be honest with you. But here's the deal. I told Christian, I was like, go read this because something not so good happens to some kids in the Bible who make fun of a bald pastor. <laughs> So he went and he read it, and what happens is Elisha's walking down the street, you know, and these kids are just following him. Oh, baldy, you know, I can, I can see chrome dome, yeah, I see my reflection in that and all this. And so he called forth two she-bears. Apparently they're more vicious than he-bears, but he called forth two she-bears. They come out of the woods and eat all the children. He didn't believe it, but it's in your Bible. It happened, y'all. The there's a, there's a very positive note to take from that is don't make fun of pastors for losing their hair. I just want everybody, if you're watching at home, don't make fun of pastors. It's not our fault. It's so stressful. No. All right. Here's the first thing I want you guys to write down. If you'll, if you'll pull out your programs or if you're taking notes uh, in our app, the first thing to write down is this. Needs become blessings when they drive you to depend on God. This is a massive principle. Like you gotta get this, to really understand what daring faith means, you gotta understand that sometimes our greatest need becomes our greatest blessing. Uh, there's a Charles Spurgeon quote that I just love and it says, this is what he said, we pray our best when we are fallen on our faces in painful helplessness. We pray our best when we're falling on our face in painful helplessness. Something you got to know about Elisha, and this is probably why he's my favorite Old Testament uh, prophet, is Elisha was the most sarcastic person in the Bible. And you'll get that in a minute. But Elisha was just so sarcastic. Like, I told you the Bible's not boring. These people have personalities just like we do. And, and he, he kind of got it from somebody. Like, you ever met a sarcastic kid and just knew that their mom and daddy would have, had the spiritual gift of sarcasm? Right? 
I mean, I'm looking around. I know some of y'all and your kids. So it's okay to be honest about that. But here's what happened. So a little short recap on Elijah is that he was once facing off. This is Elisha's mentor. He was facing off against the prophets of Baal. That was a, a false god and they, they sacrificed children and all these other things. And so he was telling them, you know, well, look, I'm just one of me. There's 450 of y'all. He must have had a big megaphone, by the way, because how do you talk to 450 people at once? But he was like, I tell you what, go set up two altars, bring in a bull apiece, one for me, one for all of y'all, y'all can share, and we're going to pray that our God will bring down fire and accept the sacrifice. That's what he did. Long story short, the 450 prophets of Baal, they do all these things, all these like cult ceremony things and cutting themselves and lighting fires on their own. And nothing happened. And so Elijah was sitting there and he's like, maybe your God's too busy reading the newspaper. Maybe he didn't hear, maybe he's in the bathroom and he ran out of toilet paper. Somebody go check on him and, and we'll get back. That's also in the Bible, not the part about the toilet paper. I added that. Okay. But what happens is he calls down fire and the one true God, the God of heaven sends down fire, burns up both altars and all 450 prophets of Baal. Right after expressing that spiritual gift of sarcasm. So here's what happens with Elisha. So, you know, Pastor Jeff says all the time, more is caught than taught. And so clearly he got some of this from Elijah. He says, why are you coming to me? Elisha asked the king of Israel, go to the pagan prophets of your father and mother. He just brought your mama into this. Go to the prophets of your father and mother. But King Joram of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here, only to be defeated by the king of Moab. Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. And that's something important to, to, to take from this. Jehoshaphat had once, at one time, served the Lord. In this season of his life, he wasn't. He was doing things his way. He was doing the things his way. And this is what he said. And this is where things get a little silly. This is the sarcasm goes up to 11 here. He says, now bring me someone who can play the harp. <laughs> Middle of a battlefield desert. Everybody's dying of thirst. The animals are already kicking off, right? And bring me somebody who can play the harp. But not only do you have to bring me somebody who can play the harp, you got to go find a harp. We're seven days into the desert. I don't know about y'all, but have you ever seen a harp from the floor? They're like this tall, they're huge. He said, go bring, he could have said, bring me somebody that can play the flute. Much easier task. Bring me somebody who can play the harp. He asked them to go and get the most cumbersome instrument, drag it through the sand. Like, I don't know if any of y'all parents have ever done this, but every time I take my son to the beach, I have to drag him through the sand to get him to leave at the end of the day. Imagine a harp. He gave them this impossible task. They had to do something different. You see, they had to be willing to do something different to experience a breakthrough in their life. He wanted to see their faith in action, not just hear about it. He didn't want to just see a nice little Instagram tweet about, I love you, Lord. He wanted to see the faith in action. Amen? Yeah. Amen. They had to do something different. Coming in, and here's what I want to share with you. We're starting out in a couple of weeks. Uh, you've already heard us talk about, we're starting out with 21 days of prayer and fasting. So if you're starting this year and you want something different in your life, I'm going to challenge you 
I'm going to challenge you to do something different. I'm not asking you to be here and present for all 21 days of prayer, but I would challenge you, and this is the next step, I'm going to challenge you to attend once. Start your day one time with 21 days of prayer and fasting here at SCC and see if that day doesn't go a little bit better than the one before. The next thing, uh, next thing I'm going to share, verse 15 picks up. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha, and he said, this is what the Lord says. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. He goes on to say, you will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourselves and your cattle and other animals, but this is only a simple thing for the Lord. And get this, get this for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. They weren't even going to Elisha for that. You see, when they, when they turned to God, not only did he give them what they need, he gave them what they wanted. And I'm not saying God's a genie in a bottle and he'll do that every time, but it's amazing to see that their act of obedience, their act of faith on display is what led to this. The next thing I want you to write down Obedience to God comes before a breakthrough. You see, what they learned, they learned a valuable lesson that only God can send the rain, but sometimes he wants to see you dig a ditch. You see, he doesn't need you to dig a ditch, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want to see you dig a ditch. I mentioned putting your faith on display, and that's, you know, it, it always reminds me of the ministry during Jesus' life. Many, many years after all this happened, Jesus is doing ministry and he goes into a synagogue and there's a man with a withered hand. And I don't know exactly what a withered hand looks like. I kind of, in my mind, you know, I told you I have big imagination. In my mind, I see this guy almost has like a shriveled up mummy's hand. And this would have been a disgrace. People would have said, oh, you must have done something for God to curse you. But Jesus said, stretch out your hand. He didn't tell... Do you think he needed him to stretch out his hand? No, but right there in full display of everybody in the church house or the synagogue, he wanted to see his faith on display. He said, stretch out your shame. Stretch out your regret. Let me see it. And he healed him just because, just because he was willing to put his faith on display. I always think about the apostle Peter. And, you know, we've all heard about Jesus walking on water. Like I said, there are just certain things that even if you've never been in a church, you've heard about. And there's this time where Peter actually gets out of the boat in the middle of the storm and he walks on water to Jesus. Everybody always picks on Peter for losing his faith, but there were 11 men, 11 grown men that wouldn't step out of the same boat that Peter did. And because Peter stepped out of the boat, he's the only person other than Jesus to have walked on water. Another time there was a paralytic who'd been unable to walk for many, many years. And Jesus could have just snapped his finger, even with a thought, a thought, a breath, whatever. Jesus could have just made him whole right there. But he said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And it was only after that faith was put on display that the man could walk. And he lived the rest of his life being able to. James 2.26. There's a passage, and it's one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, and this is what it says. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. 
Now you notice it doesn't say that you have to have good works to go to heaven. Like some people use that verse and they use it the wrong way. It doesn't say that. You could be a believer and never put your faith on display, but why would you wanna live a life that was in the middle? Why wouldn't you wanna live a life of faith that was daring? So you could see rivers parted. You could see streams healed. You could see paralytics get up and walk. It takes that daring faith to see big things. See, God didn't need them to dig the ditches. He wanted to see their faith at work. So I'm, I'm here to tell you today, you know, if you're a single man or a single woman and you're here thinking, this is gonna be the year, I'm gonna meet somebody, I'm gonna tell you, you might need to do something a little different. You might need to stop going to the places you're looking for those things and go to some places where those right people might be. Coming in hot, church. <laughs> do the work. Sometimes you just got to do the work to see the results. I've heard it said that you, you need to work as if everything depends on you and pray as if everything depends on him. That's, I, I've heard that several, several times. You know, people talk about, you know, uh, I, I, I want to save money. Well, save a dollar. Start somewhere. Take a small step. I talk to people all the time that are going through a program that we call Financial Peace University, and you'll be able to sign up for that in a couple of weeks. But, but each and every time, they always say it's that first baby step that's the hardest one for them to take. But once they take it, things start moving because they are putting their faith in action. Saving that first dollar is the first step. I, I talked to parents, you know, and I, I love the fact that Chemo was up here a few moments ago talking about uh, United Students. Uh, I, I just love hearing all the good things that are happening there. But I talked to parents and they're like, I want godly kids. Why can't my kids do the things that I'm trying to impress on them to do? But my question to you would be, what are you modeling for them? Because more is caught than taught. Remember, Elisha had a smart mouth because Elijah did. It starts at home, it starts with us. And if you have a, a child who's a believer and you're not doing everything you can to model what walking with Christ needs to look like, then there's something new you gotta change this year. If you wanna see something different, you gotta do something different. I want to encourage you, encourage your kids, United Night. We pour crazy resources into equipping kids to be Christ followers in a world that tells them they should be anything but. I want to challenge you, start the word at home. Encourage your kids. It's a game changer. You know, a lot of times we get to a place where we just want to see something significant so bad and we've prayed for it, and we've prayed for it, and we've prayed for it, but we won't act for it. That's what I'm challenging you to do today, church. I want to give you uh, a next step, and, and you can check this on your Connection card. It says, I will begin growth track this month. Sometimes modeling things at home needs a, need, needs a little something extra because, see, something changes in us when we serve people, and there's nothing like seeing kids serve with kids. Uh, this past Christmas Eve, just a few days ago, I saw a mom and her daughter greeting at the front door, and I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen because following God and putting our faith on display is something we have got to model at home. You know, we say the word obedience to God, it comes before a breakthrough, but obedience sounds hard. It's counterculture. It's, it's, it's I don't want to do what I'm told. Like, that's, that's the generation I grew up in anyway. Maybe, maybe you're different, but it sounds so countercultural. But Jesus said this in John 14 and 15, if you love me, 
obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. There's a quote that uh, it was part of an intro to a song I listened to a lot when I was growing up and I was in the youth group. Um, And this is what it says. It says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. It starts with us, it starts at home. Jesus also said to those who would question following him, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, he says, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. You see, being obedient sounds different than anything we're told is a good idea. Following the rules. It's not about rules, it's about a relationship. The last thing I'm gonna ask you to write down today is this, believe big but be willing to start small. Believe big, but be willing to start small. You see, every journey starts with a single step. Every journey starts with one step. I mentioned saving that first dollar when you're trying to get your finances in order. I mentioned going to growth track because that's where you get poured into and you start serving and and living out your gifts for your kids and the people who love you to see. Every journey starts with one step. I wanna tell you this, we live in a world, we live in our world today where everybody wants to be born on third base and act like they hit a triple, right? Everybody wants things easy. Growing up, I was part of the microwave generation. Give it to me now, you know, I don't wanna wait for it. I don't wanna do anything, I want it right now. But everybody wants to be born on third base and act, like they, and act like they hit a triple. And I want to share this with you. Dreams and hopes die every single day because they don't happen right away. Some of the best businesses, some of the best organizations will never be built because they didn't happen overnight. You know, I, I love the fact uh, I, I have a friend who's worked with some recording artists, and this is what he told me one time. He said, you know, everybody thinks these guys are an overnight success, but they were at it for years before anybody heard of them. They were doing the work. Their faith was on display long before you heard of them. Zechariah 4.10, and this might be a verse for everybody this year. Zechariah 4.10 says this, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. That might be the verse of your year. What is the small beginning? What's the first step that you need to take? The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. We have a ministry here that you may or may not have heard of, but it's part of our family ministry and it's called Gravity. Gravity started from, from, from one parent's heart who had a need and wanted to see other parents with that same need have that need met. And that need was a child with special needs. How do we minister? You know, we believe that from birth to adults, you should be ministered to in a way that you can understand. Jesus always put things in a way that we could understand. So somebody rocking, loving on, and hugging your child in the nursery today is ministering to them and teaching them Jesus in a way that that baby can understand. We were able 
we, we, we were able, and I'll never forget, every time I think about it, it kind of gets me in my feels. There's a, a parent here at SEC who had been to church after church after church, and every one of them meant well. But what they said is, listen, we're just not equipped. Maybe can you schedule it and you come once a month and we'll coordinate somebody to kind of hang out with your kids during church. And they did the very best. I'm not beating up those churches. They did the very best they could. But because one mother had a dream, had a vision, and wasn't afraid to let that die on the vine, did something about it, learned how to start a special needs ministry, came, here, came back here to SCC and kicked it off. That mom, when she came here for the first time, had a place for her kids to learn about Jesus. She was willing to start small. She was willing to start small. So I want to ask you today, if you're hearing about faith on display and all this sounds a little different to you, maybe you're thinking, you know, well, I want to, what, what does that look like for me? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take the first step of the rest of your life. If you would tell me today that you don't know for sure what would happen if you don't wake up tomorrow, if you would tell me today that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want to, there's a prayer in your program. It's in your digital notes as well. And it simply says the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you today, if you're ready to take that next step, pray that prayer. And then if you would, we want to pray for you. We want to send you some resources to start you out in your walk with Christ. Check that on your connection card. Check that on your connection card. So kind of to recap, what have we talked about today? Your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God. Obedience to God comes before breakthrough. And we need to believe big, but be willing to start small. All of those things are what produce the outcomes that we're looking for. All of those things produce the outcomes that we're praying for. And as we begin a new year and we're talking about starting it with daring faith, we're not just talking about doing daring faith for a month. We're talking about daring faith that lasts the rest of your life, that changes communities and changes worlds. Amen, church? Amen. That's what we're looking for. The last verse I'm going to share with you today is 2 Kings 3 and 20, and it says this. The next morning about the time for offering the sacrifice, there it was. You ever had a there it was moment? I've been praying for this. I've been praying that the doctor's report might be wrong. I got a second opinion and I'm praying. And there it was. Water flowing from the direction of Edom. And the land was filled with water. The land was filled with water. God is so faithful. God is so good. And if this, if this story from the Bible teaches us nothing else, let it teach us that even if we've had a season of trying to do things my way, if I'm willing to put my faith on display, if I'm willing to dig some ditches, I just might see the rain that I've been praying for. I just might experience the goodness of God. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.